0: Talk Well, welcome everyone to the Freedom Girls Sisterhood. I am your host today and your freedom coach. Don Scott Damon. Happy New Year, everybody. I hope you've been enjoying a good year so far. And today I want to talk to you about margin. I don't know how it is for you, but there's something about the new year that just brings a fresh focus. I think it's uh, kind of God's way of giving us a brand-new start, you know, like a white slate. We get to start all over, a clean beginning, and um, we do a lot of life evaluation. At least I do. I look at my time. I look at how I've been spending my life. I look at the goals that I have and the things that I'd like to accomplish. and hopefully. I've made a little effort or a little progress from last year at this time. Hopefully I haven't gone backwards or I'm not looking at a bunch of things that I said this time last year I was going to conquer and a whole year went by and I didn't do it. Now I know that that is probably the case for many of us. Don't feel guilty if you're sitting out there today and you say, boy, that sure describes me I thought about all these things that I wanted to do, and then I look and I say, I didn't get any of them done. Well, what is it? What happens? What are the things that are in our path that sabotage us from having great success? I want to talk about that today. I want to talk about putting margin in your life, finding time for the things that really matter. So I hope you'll stay tuned for this podcast today. Psalm 61, hear my cry, O God, listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. Silah Silah that's an interesting little word. Perhaps, scholars believe, it's a musical term. Some others say, no, it is a term that is used to stop and reflect. But the Hebrew term silah means exactly that, to breathe, to rest, to stop, and calmly weigh and think and reflect. In our vernacular today, if someone was speaking and they said something important, we might say, word. Word. In other words, that was an important thing you said just now, and I need to stop and think about that. Well, you know what? We need that in our life, don't we? We need sila, a divine pause, a moment to stop and to think and to evaluate not just what someone said, but our whole life. I don't know how it is for you in your life, but you know what? We are in a busy society. There is a war against solitude. The the sanctity and the solitude of our soul is under a siege, if you will. We don't realize our potential, and we haven't gained control over schedules. We feel overwhelmed, and we're being tossed to and fro by the tyranny of the urgent and things that seem to be demanding and controlling of our time and our life. And I, I see this David in the Bible here, the author of this psalm, he's one that felt that. He felt bombarded by the stressors of life. He needed a place to find shelter from the storm. He said, I need a refuge. And I turn to you, God. He said, I need silah. We can relate, can't we? Our world is very demanding, and I think a good word for it is cluttered. How can we escape from all of the clutter? It almost feels impossible. It is time for a divine pause. So when I talk about margin to you, I'm talking about space. Now, if you're in the advertising world, you would talk about white space or negative or blank space. It's that margin around all of the text. If the whole page is smattered with words, you don't know where to rest your eyes. You don't know what you're supposed to be learning. You don't know what you're supposed to be reading. Margin is the space, the pause, the rest that lets us appreciate what's on the page. So margin is the space in our life that lets us appreciate all of the other things that's going on so we're not just pressed to the limit. What about finances? margin in finances. In the financial word, uh, world, margin would be excess. It would be living in the black and not the red, right? It'd be living with extra, cushion, a safety net, more than enough. And all too often, we can relate to no margin in our finances where we're just slammed right to the edge and every dollar is accounted for. And in fact, we need to make up We've got more month than we do money, and we've got to find a way to make the ends meet. And so in the financial world, world margin is critically important for our peace of mind and the way we live our life and for our ability to be able to enjoy life and not feel completely stressed and anxious. Um, On the roadway, if you're traveling, margin is called the rumble strip. And in the center, it's the center strip, so that you don't drive off the side of the road. Or when travelers are weary and they've been going mile after mile after mile, that rumble strip is there to serve notice that says, hey, you're getting ready for a collision. If you hit that, you know that you're running on the edge and you need to make adjustments. Can you hear the rumble strip in your life? Can you hear that you've been driving too hard, too fast, too furious, the pedal to the metal that you are about to go over the edge or you're about to have a head on collision and you're you're not safe anymore you're gonna you're gonna crash if you don't adjust your course and do something else margin we need margin in our life, and of course, we all know for a trapeze artist that's swinging from thing to thing, they have. Safety net, that's their margin. If I run into misfortune and I miss this bar, I'm not going to crash to my death because there's a safety net there. But let me ask you a question. How many of us live our life that way? How many of us just swing from one thing to the next and we have no safety net for our lives? There's no rest. There's no space. There's no cushion. There's no extra And we need that in our life. We're chronically late. We run from one appointment to the next, always rushed. We have too many choices in this world. You know, I went into the grocery store the other day, and I just want some crackers. And I got overwhelmed with the information. I got overwhelmed with the selection. I just want some crackers. We are at epidemic (laughs) overload, and we have too much coming at us too many balls flying in the air at us at one time. The uh, other day my husband was trying to log on, and I could just feel the frustration as he was uh, expressing his angst against what he was going through. And, you know, I, I had to laugh because how many of you can experience that? I don't know what the password is. I don't know what the login information is. I don't know what my username is. This, is, this isn't this is working anymore. Everything we turn on, and you try to use the same one for everything, but then there are those that say you have to have one capital and one character and one number and lowercase, and, oh, my goodness, the variations thereof of all of our login and passwords. Well, we're just overloaded. I don't know if you can feel it right now even as I'm talking, but I feel the stress just thinking about it. There's many benefits to margin in our life, and peace of mind is one of the benefits of margin. Stronger relationships is a benefit of margin. I have time for you. I'm present with you. I'm not running late, and I'm not thinking about what I need to do next. Here's an idea. Turn off your phone, and don't be so easily and readily available Immediate access That's what everybody thinks that they have to have to us. And if they don't hear from us within an hour, they're angry. We've done it to ourselves. Here's another benefit. We have better health. When we have margin in our life, we are less stressed. We have time to breathe and to pause, to regroup, to think, to recreate, or another way to say that word is recreate, our spirit man, our inner man. We have a moment for solitude, and this is healthy for us. the, The stress enzymes and chemicals and cortisones that run through our body, they are balanced, and we live better, we think better, our minds are clearer, so we have better health. We recognize the value, the simplicity of rest. And uh, we just seem to enjoy the things that matter in life more when we have margin in our life. We have financial peace. We have more stability. That's financial stability. That's a great thing to have in our life when we have margin in our life and we're not spending every last dollar or we're not so um, taxed in our finances and paying for so many things living outside of our means that we don't experience some peace and some rest in our finances. So that's a benefit. And another benefit is that we become more useful in ministry. When we have margin in our life, I'm useful to God. You know, I'm not worried about working a second job necessarily, or I'm not thinking about I'm so tired and so exhausted because I've been running like a crazy person all day. I'm useful to God. I can be used. I have extra time, and the Lord can use my gift for the furthering of his kingdom. So we need margin in our life. We have overcommitted, unproductive lives. Do you feel that? Do you feel that you've been overspending in your life, your time and your talent and your treasures? Some of us, um, we live like Delta Airlines. I was saying the other day, you know, experts tell us that we should probably schedule about 80% of our time and we should have this 20% margin. Many of us live, like not only we run 100% of the time, but we're like scheduled 120% of the time, hoping that something is going to fall through or someone's going to cancel. And I think that's how Delta Airline runs, because they always overbook their tickets. They just, they're planning on someone being sick or someone not making it or someone missing the plane, and we live our lives like that hoping that there's going to be some kind of cancellation. Well, what happens when there isn't, and you're overbooked, and you're overloaded, and you're pushed right to the max? Well, we're going to take a break, and in a minute I'm going to come back and explain to you why I think we live without margin. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Do you ever wish sometimes you just had a sister you could talk to? Well, now you do. If you go to freedomgirlsisterhood.com, you'll find- there's a safe place for you to have your voice. It's women helping women. We talk, we share, we laugh, all there for you to be a part of. Come to freedomgirlsisterhood.com and sign up today. So why don't we have margin in our life? What's the thing that's going on that keeps us running this rat race at full tilt boogie with no rest? Well, one of the things is that we live by fear instead of by faith. I like to listen to Michael Hyatt, and he posted this on his blog the other day, that a lot of times we run our life by fear instead of faith. See if you relate to any of these things. Um, fear of missing an opportunity. I know I should really say no to this, but I'm afraid it won't come by again, and so I'm going to say yes. That kind of living has us running crazy instead of stopping, sila, pause, and say, you know what, God, wisdom tells me to say no, and if you want me to be a part of this, you're going to bring it back around to me when the time makes more sense for me. Life is full of seasons, and if we just grab at everything right now, we never enjoy what's in front of us because we're cramming every possible moment with busyness and clutter. Fear of disappointing others. Do you ever struggle with that? I have no boundaries. If I fear that I'm going to disappoint you, I say yes to you, but guess what? I'm disappointing someone else. Often we'll say that our family is the most important thing to us. If you ask somebody, you know, what's your priorities, they're going to say, hey, My husband or my kids, God certainly, my church. But then if you match the calendar with what you say is your priority, you'll find that those two things do not coincide. We are afraid of disappointing people, and so we say yes to everything. In reality, we're disappointing God because we're saying no to him. Or we're disappointing our husband or our boyfriend or our children or our parents because we're saying no to them. We simply don't have enough time often in life to do everything that we want to do. And if you want margin, you've got to get boundaries back in your life. And it's okay to say no because, once again, faith says, God, I'm going to trust that people are mature enough to know that I love them even though I might be saying no to this situation right here. How about this one? Fear of being left out of more, M-O-R-E. You know, often we think happiness comes from more, more to possess, more to do, more friends, more opportunities, more stuff, more vacations. But you know what? More is more. More frustration, more stress, more time, more discouragement, sometimes more money, and that means more stress. More is not happiness. God says that, you know what, we should be satisfied and content with what we have. You don't need more to do. We don't need more to possess. We need to cultivate an attitude of gratitude for what we have right now. And you'll find that we can survive and be happy with so much less, actually, than what we have right now. What about fear of being judged? Sometimes we let people set our agenda. If I don't go to this or if I don't show up to that, then I'm the bad guy or people won't like me. Nope. Fear of facing me. That's a really important one. And the last fear that I'll talk about because you know what? If I stay busy, I don't have to feel I don't have to feel what I'm going through. I don't have to feel what I'm running from. I don't have to feel my reality. I don't like my life. I don't like what's around me. So if I stay busy and running, I don't have to stop long enough to take an inventory to discover I'm not happy with me. I don't want to feel. So we are living our lives without margin often because of fear. Here's another reason. We live without margin because we live by default instead of by design. Because we have no plan. We're like a pinball. We're just bouncing back and forth from here to there. Um, Often we squander our time because we don't have a plan. We don't know what we're supposed to be doing. We just wake up and haphazardly live our life every day. Well, you know what? We are being squandered by the enemy. I think a lot of times people think that the enemy is trying to kill them, and maybe he is. Maybe the devil does just want to take us out. But if he can't take us out, he's just as happy wasting our lives, squandering us, keeping us so doggone busy, keeping us so confused, so disorganized in so much chaos that we actually accomplish nothing that God put us on this earth to accomplish. And you do know that God put you on this earth to accomplish something, right? You do know that God has a plan for your life and a purpose for your life. And there are things that God wants you to do that only you can do, that he created you specifically for to do. And we have marginless living in our life. And so what we do is, I'm going to get to that tomorrow. I'm going to do that tomorrow. You know, one of these days, I am going to do that. Does that sound like you do live like that? I know I have some of that in my life, and I have just got to be intentional. In fact, doing this podcast is one of those things that I've become intentional about. I'm learning. I don't have all this technology down. I don't know how to do it all yet, but I said, you know what? I'm going to get started. I'm going to start somewhere. How about you? Where can you start? How about plan your work now? How about get a calendar out at the beginning of this year and say, not as a New Year's resolution, but as a God covenant commitment, say, Lord, I want to accomplish the thing that you put in my heart, and this year, I'm going to take some steps towards it. I may not accomplish it all, but I am going to get moving in the right direction. I don't want to be squandered anymore. I think about Israel, and I'm going to invite you to think about this and challenge you to think about this. You know, Israel was only two weeks away from their promised land, the place that God said he was bringing them. Now, granted, God didn't take them the fast way. He took them a different way. But that's not why they took 40 years getting to where they were going. They took 40 years because they were disobedient to God. They were stubborn. And they were wandering around in circles because they wouldn't get into faith. They lived by fear and by their feelings. And instead of producing and accomplishing and achieving what God called them to do, they wasted their life. How about you? You could be just two months away from your promised land. If you would just invest in some focused time, set it aside, learn, invest, and 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 focus and be intentional about what God has asked you to do, you could be so much closer than you think. I love what the late Miles Monroe said. And isn't it sad that we think of him as the late Miles Monroe now? What a what a gift he was to the body of Christ. But he said, you must decide if you're going to rob the world or bless it with the rich, valuable, potent, untapped resources locked away within you. You are more than what you have done. And I declare right now, for me, I want to bless the world with the un." tapped potent resources that are locked away inside of me how about you sister girl come on now don't you want to bless the world with what god has put you put inside of you and that's not being arrogant that's just confidently claiming and proclaiming what god already said is true about you stop asking time where it went you know like oh my goodness where's the time gone no don't ask time where it went Tell it where to go. Say, this is how I'm going to live my life. Let's get control of it now. Here's another reason why we don't live with margin in our life, and it's the big P word. You probably knew it was coming, procrastination. We live by procrastination instead of productivity. Now, I'm not trying to get into your business here, but Chronic procrastination is a really big issue for so many people, and it's it's deeper than a time management issue. We all have time management issues from from time to time in our life, some more than others. But chronic procrastination speaks to a deeper issue. In fact, that's like saying to someone who's got depression, you know, just cheer up. That That's not going to fix it, is it, because depression is... So much more involved than just somebody choosing a good attitude. Procrastination speaks to some issues that you may even have going on in your life, and I'm not going to go into them all. Maybe I'll do another whole program on that, but procrastination can be deep-rooted, And often it's a soul wound. It can be because uh, of a family system where in that family system your voice was not heard, you were muscled, and you had very strong authoritative parents and siblings that kind of pushed you around or having a harsh uh, father or a controlling mother where you weren't able to make decisions. And basically what happens is you lost the ability to self-regulate and whenever we lose the ability to self-regulate in our developmental years, we have to learn that skill at some point in our life. You have to know how to regulate your desires and your, your, your urges. You have to know to say, I'm going to stop this and turn it off, and I'm going to do this now. And people who can't self-regulate learn, by, live by procrastination. Um, procrastinators tell themselves lies They say, I'm going to feel like doing this tomorrow. I'm going to do this tomorrow. But they don't feel like doing it tomorrow. That's a lie they tell themselves to relieve some guilt. In fact, they don't get the urge the next day or the day after. They tell themselves a lie that says, hey, I work better under pressure. Not really. They don't work better under pressure. What it's saying is that there's a deadline here, and it's the only motivation that I have because I can't self-motivate. I can't find any other motivation for doing something. I'm not motivated by the joy of producing. I'm only motivated by pressure, and that's not a good thing. Um, They tell themselves lies that, you know what, I'm more creative when I work under pressure, and that's not true either. Unfortunately, procrastinators don't turn out to be more creative. They only think they are because they actually did something. They actually are less creative. They squander resources and something that could have been done with excellence had there been more time and more forethought and more margin to be able to produce something creative. Um, Procrastinators are avoiders. They avoid, and we've talked about this already, but they avoid what they're feeling or they avoid the fear of failure Or the fear of success, they're very comfortable in mediocre, they're very comfortable just in status quo, and I'm afraid, so I avoid, because I don't know what life would be like if I actually succeeded or if I failed. I don't know if I have the skills to handle that. And I'd rather have people think that I lack effort than people think that I lack ability. So procrastination is a big one. I'll just add this also about procrastination, that oftentimes procrastination is a form of rebellion. And maybe you've seen this before, or maybe you do this. It's kind of passive-aggressive behavior, but it's just saying, hey, you know what, I'll do it when I'm good and ready. You're not going to tell me, no one's going to tell me when I'm going to do whatever it is. I'll do it when I'm good and ready. And there is a control that the procrastinator enjoys exerting over others, and it's a sense of rebellion and autonomy that says, I'm my own person, and I like holding this control, and it's a way that I can punish you. If you struggle with procrastination, you might want to take a moment and really think about what's behind the procrastination. Go deeper than I'm just unorganized or I run out of time. What's really operating? What's the program that's going on in your heart, in your mind, in your life? Because procrastination is a disservice to you. That's right. It does not serve you well. It does not help you reach God's goals for your life. Well, that's all we have time for today. Next week, we are going to finish our talk on margin. But I invite you one more time to visit my website, freedomgirlsisterhood.com I'd love to hear from you. Let me know that you've listened to the program or what you'd like to hear a program on. But before I close today, let me pray for you. If you are living your life without margin and you desperately need sila, a divine pause, you need to breathe. I pray right now that you would get intentional. Grab your calendar. Find the place and mark it out. Right now, I'm going to spend time with me, I'm going to spend time with God, I'm going to get alone with my thoughts and with God's thoughts, and I am going to take control of my life. Father, I pray for my sister that's listening right now, and I ask you, Lord, that you would envelop her with your presence. She would feel your love, your grace, and the wooing call of your Holy Spirit saying, "Come away." spend time with me. Get quiet, get alone, because you will be amazed at the things that I have in store for you. Father, I pray right now in Jesus' name and that you would give peace that surpasses all understanding. Amen. Well, God bless you. I hope that I will hear from you and see you next week. I am your freedom coach, Don Scott Damon. You've been listening to the Freedom Girl Sisterhood. I hope to see you again next week.